Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 30th of November. India's COVID-19 tally surged past 94.3 lakh or 9.43 million today with over 38,000 new infections in the last 24 hours. The number of new cases reported in India in a day dropped below 40,000 for the seventh time this month. The nationwide death toll breached the 1,37,000 mark after close to 450 fresh fatalities were added. The Union Health Ministry said that nearly 71% of deaths yesterday came from eight states and union territories. The national capital reported the highest number of deaths with 89 fatalities, followed by Maharashtra with 88 and West Bengal with 52. NDTV reported that Prime Minister Narendra Modi has called an all-party meeting this Friday to discuss the coronavirus situation in the country. This will be the second all-party meeting called by him on the pandemic. News agency PTI quoted sources saying that Defence Minister Rajnath Singh, Home Minister Amit Shah, Health Minister Harshwardhan and Parliamentary Affairs Minister Prahlad Joshi are likely to attend the meeting. The Serum Institute of India, or SII, in Pune, involved in multiple vaccine developments, has filed a 100 crore rupees defamation lawsuit against a vaccine trial participant. The participant named in the suit had complained of having a virtual neurological breakdown 10 days after taking the under-trial Covishield vaccine. The Serum Institute of India told NDTV in a statement yesterday, and I quote, The allegations in the notice are malicious and misconceived. While the Serum Institute of India is sympathetic with the volunteer's medical condition, there is absolutely no correlation with the vaccine trial and the medical condition of the volunteer. The volunteer is falsely laying blame for his medical problems on COVID vaccine trial. The claim is malicious because the volunteer was specifically informed by the medical team that the complications he suffered were independent of the vaccine trial that he underwent. In spite of specifically being made aware of the same, he still chose to go to public and malign the reputation of the company. The trial participant from Chennai had claimed 5 crore rupees compensation from the Serum Institute of India. His legal notice, filed on November 21, stated that he began experiencing severe headaches, total behavioural change and irritation towards light and sound. And now for some COVID updates from different states. A medical checkup camp has been set up at the single border of West Delhi where farmers from Punjab and Haryana are camping. A doctor on site said that it is necessary to conduct tests here as it is possible for the gathering to become a spreader of the virus. Meanwhile, the Delhi Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal has directed for the rates of RT-PCR tests being conducted in private labs to be slashed. The farmers' protest at the borders of Delhi entered the fifth day today. Farmers from Punjab and Haryana gathered at the Singhu and Tikri border points of Delhi started their day with offering prayers on the occasion of Guru Purab and distributed prasad amongst themselves and the security personnel. The farmers have also called for a meeting later today to discuss their next course of action. Meanwhile, Union Agriculture Minister Narendra Singh Tomar visited Union Home Minister Amit Shah's house today to hold a meeting on the ongoing protests. This comes after the farmers threatened to block all five entry points to the national capital yesterday. They also refused to move to the Nirankari ground in Burari in northwest Delhi, which was the spot designated for them by the centre. The farmers have said that they will continue with their protests near the city's borders until they are allowed to go to Jantar Mantar in central Delhi. The Delhi police, meanwhile, has set up concrete barriers at the Ghazipur border to stop the farmers from entering with their vehicles. 
According to the Indian Express, they also listed out their demands again at the conference. They asked for what they describe as the three anti-farmer and pro-corporate farm laws to be repealed. They also demanded that the minimum support price or the MSP and the rate of buying crops be guaranteed. In addition, they also asked for the withdrawal of the Electricity Amendment Bill of 2020 because it does away with subsidies farmers would get on their power bills. They also asked for the fine on stubble burning to be scrapped. A 50-year-old Dalit man was allegedly beaten to death in Madhya Pradesh's Guna district over a matchbox. Police said that the farm worker Lalji Ram Ahirwar was beaten to death in Karod village of Guna by two men for refusing to give them a matchbox which was demanded by the accused to light cigarettes. Ahirwar was resting on a platform in an agriculture field in the village when the accused Yash Yadav and Ankesh Yadav thrashed him with sticks after an argument over the matchbox. The additional superintendent of police, T.S. Bagel, told reporters, and I quote, Yash Yadav and Ankesh Yadav attacked Lalji Ram Ahirwar with sticks for denying a matchbox. He got severely injured. He was admitted to Guna District Hospital but died of his injuries. Unquote. The two accused have been arrested and a murder case has been registered against them. The New Indian Express reported that they have also been booked under provisions of the Scheduled Castes and Scheduled Tribes Atrocities Act. The Madhya Pradesh government has announced a financial assistance of 8.25 lakh rupees for the victim's family. A court in Delhi has directed the Delhi police to file an FIR and conduct a fair, independent and impartial investigation into a case related to the February communal violence. The Delhi police had earlier closed the case despite the complainant submitting video evidence against the accused. The case was filed by complainant Muhammad Salim, who is a resident of Yamuna Vihar in Delhi. In his complaint, Salim had said that his neighbours Subhash Tyagi and Ashok Tyagi had attacked his house on February 24th. The neighbours opened fire and a person identified as Nasir Khan was also shot dead during the incident. The police had told the magistrate's court that Salim himself had been involved in the violence and was arrested on March 19th. He was later released on bail. According to a report by Scroll, Salim had identified 16 men who were a part of the mob that attacked his house. Salim had stated in his complaint, and I quote, They fired at my home, bullet marks still adorn the walls of my home. They also hurled petrol bombs, which were fortunately doused with water just in time. Unquote. He also stated that the attackers had started shooting and one of the bullets had hit his neighbour Nasir Khan. The police, however, had told the magistrate's court that Salim had himself been involved in the violence and had filed a false complaint to save himself. The judge rejected the police's claim and also indicated that the video evidence submitted by the complainant was admissible in the court. The judge also asked the Deputy Commissioner of Police of Northeast Delhi to monitor the inquiry and directed that the final report be filed without delay. Dear listeners, those of you who follow News Laundry must know that our reporters Ayush and Basant consistently covered the Northeast Delhi riots and the subsequent investigation conducted by the Delhi police. Both of them filed multiple reports for our Deep Dive News Laundry Sena series, which is an initiative by News Laundry that allows readers like you to fund the stories that you want to hear. In case you've not read their reports, I urge you to do so once you're done listening to this podcast. Through their reports on the Delhi Police's investigation, we have seen how the police's inquiry is being badly mishandled. Fake eyewitness statements, Muslims being arrested for murdering Muslims in what was clearly a communal riot, these are just the tip of the iceberg. Do check out their reports for a detailed analysis of the investigation, one case at a time.
And after reading, if you think they did a good job and deserve your support, do share their reports on your social media handles and make your friends and family members read them too. And also, please do subscribe to News Laundry so we can keep showing you the complete picture, something that a lot of our legacy media houses will not do. And you know why? Because they are dependent on advertisers and sponsors, which very often happens to be the government itself. News Laundry, however, is 100% free of ads for this very reason. So head to newslaundry.com and become a subscriber today. Hit that subscribe button on the top right corner and pay to keep news free. With the elections in West Bengal due for early next year, talk of Gorkhaland is being stirred up by politicians yet another time in the region of Darjeeling. Roshan Giri, General Secretary of the Gorkha Janmukti Morcha's Bimal Gurung faction, returned to the hills after three and a half years to be greeted by a massive crowd in Kershong town. Addressing the gathering, he said, and I quote, We've decided to defeat the BJP who cheated us. They did not fulfill any of our demands from 2009 to 2020. We will support Mamta Banerjee in North Bengal. We want to see her as the third-time Chief Minister. She keeps her promises. Unquote. The move is a sharp turn from the party's stand earlier when the agitation for a separate state was started against the Trinamool Congress's government and the imposition of Bengali language in the hills. Lack of leadership saw the movement come to a standstill. However, in a surprising turn of events, fugitive leader Bimal Gurung, once an arch-rival of the Chief Minister Mamta Banerjee, surfaced in Kolkata and extended his support to her. In his speech in Kershong, Roshangiri also clarified that the Gorkha Janmukti Morcha was not giving up on its demand for a separate state of Gorkha land and will also extend support to that party in 2024 Lok Sabha elections, which will back their demand for a separate state. He also ruled out any reconciliation with the other faction of the Gorkha Janmukti Morcha, led by Binay Tamang. Giri claimed that the Gorkha Land Territorial Administration or GTA chairman Anit Thapa and Gorkha Janmukti Morcha leader Binay Tamang had no base in the hills and both were involved in misappropriating GTA funds. And now for some international COVID updates. Coronavirus has infected 62.8 million people around the world so far, out of which 1.46 million have died due to the virus. Dr. Anthony Fauci, US's top infectious disease expert, said yesterday that the country may see surge upon surge of coronavirus cases in the weeks after Thanksgiving, and he does not expect current recommendations around social distancing to be relaxed before Christmas. In Japan, the number of COVID-19 cases with serious symptoms have reached record levels as the country battles a third wave of infections. The number of people with severe symptoms rose to 462 on Sunday, an increase of 22 from the previous day. Turkey's daily coronavirus death toll hit a record high for the seventh consecutive day on Sunday with 185 fatalities. Hong Kong, meanwhile, has tightened restrictions aimed at containing a rise in COVID cases, limiting gatherings to no more than two people, closing karaoke lounges and game centres and telling most civil servants to work from home. The measures come in addition to the restrictions announced yesterday that will see all schools close for in-person learning for the rest of the year. And now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. In the latest episode of News Laundry Hafta, the panel discussed Cyclone Nivar, farmers' protests and the Love Jihad laws. Let me play you a short snippet from their conversation. The thing is that Love Jihad is no longer about lying about your identity and converting. It's about a Muslim man loving a Hindu girl. So a lot of spokespersons have said that we have a problem with love, but why convert ho? Now in many cases of mutual you know, love, like in this case that the Allahabad High Court was giving a judgment on, the 
a woman has converted she has converted to islam but she's done it of her own accord the thing is that love jihad is no longer about a conspiracy it's now gone into the territory of why uh, convert if you love you love you don't have to like convert yourself or dharm parivartan ki karne ki zarurat nahi aur aur and also popular culture mein muslim ladke kyun hindu ladkiyon ko dikhate hain love karte hue so you know like suitable boy kiss controversy i think what it really does is and that's what's really scary is it's going to make life really hard for young couples who are in mixed you know from different religious backgrounds or in love or who want to marry because often in these cases what happens and this uh ordinance allows gives a lot of power to relatives to file an fir and say ki forceful conversion kiya hai and then the onus of proving the forceful the conversion is on the person who's converted so i have to prove it's not been forceful yeah. if my father says so many women will not be able to do that they will have to go with the family line to listen to the complete episode head to newslaundry.com and check out the podcast section that's all for today have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from see you tomorrow All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please